dig this. First 125, Moro here from Grundle. Kingsley turns that five sideways. Brian, the gate is down. This is a sharp left-hander. Who's going to shot? Looks like Darcy Lange on that Richmond Gallon Kawasaki gets the jump. That's where it all started. Big MX Radio, brought to you by Meta, is on the air. Fueled by passion, focused on motocross. Fly Racing, Bills Pipes, W Wheels, Motul MX, X-Brand Goggles, Moto Ice Wrap, and Moto Stuff make it possible to bring you the news, the interviews, and the point of views inside the sport of motocross. The gate's about to drop on Big MX Radio. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast Show, brought to you by Meta. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. With us on the line, we've got Willie Simons Jr. Willie, how's it going? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. Just uh, enjoying another day. Down at your, your, is the, your family's office in Simi Valley, or is that just where you live? Uh, yeah. Uh, Simi Valley, born and raised. So, same town that uh, my dad grew up in. So, No doubt. Um... Willie Simons Jr. and you got to throw the uh, the JR on there because uh, when you when you're when you're named after uh, a guy who's uh, uh, well known in the industry, well known in, in uh, California, it comes with uh, probably some pressure as well as uh, some perks to it as, as well. I too have uh, um, a similar situation as far as uh, um, the like living in, in your dad's footsteps a little bit. How do you deal with that? Uh, of course. Uh, before I guess before we do that, uh, who who is Willie Simon Senior? Yeah, you could you could definitely say uh, there's a little bit of, of added pressure, but it's also a blessing alone to have someone uh, of him nature of his nature around. Really, uh, my dad he grew up pretty much in the the pioneer days. I I like to call him when uh, back when they <laughs> rode bikes that basically had no suspension and uh, when it was a real man sport. But uh, no, my dad Willie Simon Senior he. Grew up through the ranks and racing, and he was two-time mini cycle world champion. He test rode for Dirt Rider magazine, and pretty much got to travel the world and and really live his dream. I mean, he never accomplished, I'm sure, certain things that he wanted, but he definitely made a name for himself in the sport and uh, got to do it for X amount of years. So that, in my book, is a accomplishment right there alone. But to have him. Uh, as my father and and really just I like to look at him as a coach too it's it's been good he uh he can give me insight on on things that maybe others can't so um and I'm sure you know living up to the name isn't always easy but um it's just something that you got to do when when you have a badass dad <laughs> no doubt that's exactly what that is man like uh uh, for me, my dad's, we're bricklayers. Uh, my dad's a bricklayer. I'm a bricklayer. And when I go onto a site where I'm not even, or, uh, my dad's not there, I ha- I don't have a first name. It's Gebhart, little, little Gebhart Jr. Uh, where's your dad? Um, I'm sure you get a lot of the same thing. Oh, definitely. And, and you know, it doesn't bother me. It, no. it is what it is. And, um, it's, you know, in my book, it's cool to have people, uh, to be so involved with, with both of us. I mean, I, I'm not sure how it is with you guys, but, uh, to have p- people come up and ask me, uh, about me and my dad together. Um, I think that's, that's cool. And it just brings us together and whatever we do. So it's, uh, it's, it's nice. 
Well, it's got to be a cool dynamic. Uh, of course, uh, my dad introduced me to motocross. Your dad introduced you to motocross, and you share that uh, uh, cool bond of this. This like all motocross family are our tight knit group, but even more so when it really is family. And the fact is, is the two the two of you both know how to twist the throttle on a on a different level than most. Um, it's got to be a cool connection between the two of you, especially as he's seen you just in the last couple of years really start to uh, twist the throttle a little bit more and. Uh, Start grabbing the front brake a little harder when you come into those corners. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's he's taught me everything I know, so I I can only imagine for him to to watch me as a little guy on a fifty to to now riding the the two fifty and four fifty B classes. It's it's probably pretty cool for him to to watch me, you know, grow as a rider and and as a person. So, but it's uh, it's cool too for him. We we get to ride together and and train together and do almost everything together. So. Uh, I think it's a good good dynamic, and it's good for both of us. It, it keeps him young, and uh, with someone with his insight and all the knowledge that he knows, it's it's only better for me to have someone like him around, and, and I also get to call him dad. So that, to me alone, is, it's just a blessing. No doubt. I, can't, I, I totally connect with that, man. That's awesome. Uh, so there must have been a day when uh, you would used to chase your dad around the motocross track, but he'd probably still have your number nine times out of ten. Um Account the uh, the first time that uh, you put a pass on Dad and uh, pulled away from him. You know what? That it's funny. Uh, it was always talked about when when I was on sixty fives, eighties. My my mom and and my uncle and they'd always kind of joke around a little bit, like, "Hey, you know, Willie, you know that day Junior's going to come and he's going to pass you and and stuff like that." And uh, I remember uh, it was right when I had jumped on uh, a super mini. And we were out at a local track, and I was riding with him, and uh, I ended up going by him, and and uh, he was more or less just like, I cannot believe that right now. So, and then when I had gotten on two videos, he was like, I'm not even gonna try anymore. But uh, it, it's been cool. I even remember the first time that uh, him and I were riding at this local track down uh, by our house, and we had started bumping and grinding with each other. And I remember I had knocked him down, and he was kind of like, Whoa, man, you know what? What are you doing there? But uh, it's just it's fun so he uh he's 55 years old and he still can just i mean do stuff on a bike that just amazes me i hope when i get to that age that i can do half of what what he does it's uh it's really incredible in my eyes well that that's exactly it uh your dad's not only provided you with uh um a great relationship but also the blueprint as to how to uh, uh keep this going in throughout uh the the later years of your life long past whenever there'd be a professional career and uh potentially um make uh make a living make a, a life out of this sport of motocross something that obviously uh it, it's it's your life it's, it's what you uh wake up first the first thing you think about when you wake up it's the last thing you think about when you go to bed Definitely, definitely. It's it's tough, and I don't think people really realize how, how tough it is. I mean, you have to be in that, that 1%, and uh, you, have to, you have to live it and really give your life to it. And uh, I don't think I realized that right until I got on a big bike. It was more or less like, you know, it's time to really buckle down and, and do the stuff that you got to do off the bike with training and stuff like that. I, I, you never realize that as a, a young kid on minis that, you know, Hey, this, this is serious. And if you want to be there, it's not just about the riding. It's about how you go throughout your day and, and how you, you go through about your training and, and the maturity that it takes. It's, it's tough. And it's unlike any other sport really. And, and there's so many kids out there 
that that probably have that same goal, which is the big picture, and that's why that's why it's so tough. Even with amateur racing now, it, it's elevated to a spot where you know you got to be there at the tracks, you got to be riding, you got to be doing this right. And uh, shoot, to me, in my eyes, some of the amateur nationals are are just as competitive as as some of the outdoor nationals and Supercross series. The, the kids take it just as serious. So um, to to make that living, it's it's not going to be easy, and it's not going to be you know, it's going to be tough, but uh, if that's what you're going to do, then you're going to do it and find a way somehow. So, Couldn't agree more. As, any sport, uh, the, the age at which uh, the athletes start to take things seriously is dropped year after year after year. It starts getting super serious, uh, road biking, uh, all the, the training elements come into place. Uh, what was the first time for you that you went out on either a road bike ride or a mountain bike ride and uh, realized that uh, – Maybe the, maybe the fitness isn't exactly where it needs to be, and uh, obviously the, the the guys around you uh, have the have this fitness where where they need to be, and you kind of feed off of them and start to to kind of push yourself and uh, uh, feel those dividends once the gate drops. Honestly, it's it's a constant battle with fitness, as it sucks to say, but you, you miss a, maybe a few days or a week or two, and you wouldn't think that it would hurt you, but it did, and uh, that's what's so tough about it is when you're. You know, you're on a program, and then you maybe get off your program for a, a few days, and and then you realize, oh well, I got to pay for that, and you realize that at uh, maybe just a regular practice day or maybe a local race day. You never know. But for me, um, I've never really realized like, man, I'm behind the eight ball with fitness until I had uh, switched, made the switch over from off road uh, into motocross. Right when I turned about 16, uh, I was like, okay, you know what, I really gotta gotta get. Um, some better fitness going here because it was a it was a huge change for me to switch from off road into the amateur nationals. Um, it's a whole different element as far as sprinting and and your heart rate and everything. So that for me was more like wow, you know, I, I really need to uh, jump on jump on the ball here with training and stuff and and really get behind the get it going. So that for me was the day when I was like, okay, you know, this is time to time to get it going here with with training and stuff like that i mean you could bust out lap after lap after lap but if you get tired it's not going to do you any good i mean you're you're going to fade and that's just how it is so no you're going to fade like a cheap suit and that's not good for business um what is good for business is the amount of time that you're able to put on the bike i understand that uh on a week-to-week basis, you're probably on the motorcycle uh, no less than uh, three, four times, and that's pretty much mandatory if you want to be competitive in these hotly contested uh, B B classes. Because as we've seen in the past, uh, fastest lap times at places like Loretta Lynn's, Oak Hill, and uh, and even Freestone, posted by the B class, not the A class. And uh, you're in there, you're mixing it up with these guys, and uh, you're recently just coming back from a trip out to Texas. Texas was a, it was a learning week for sure. Um, like you said, the B guys are, you can't degrade those guys at all next to the A-class guys. Um, it's a, it's a fast group and, um, the kids will do whatever it takes to win. But all in all, Texas was, uh, we had, we had our up and down. It, it was just a learning week. We showed up to Oak Hill and, uh, it poured rain about the week leading up to it. So practice was just a complete mutter and, uh, we made the best out of it. Obviously, being from California, you, you never see those conditions. And so for me to adjust, it, it took a little bit, but uh, we got through it. And then the first day of racing uh, at Oak Hill was canceled. So we uh, waited for, for racing, and it was raining. And 
Uh, I ended up pulling away with a fourth in 250B, and then 450, I had had a little mishap uh, right off the start, tangled with some riders, so I could only only work up to six. So with, considering the conditions and everything, we we were content, but uh, obviously not where we had wanted to be. But then we uh, we rolled into Freestone. Freestone was a uh, absolutely beautiful outside, no rain, so that was a uh, that was nice. And then time practice went well. We had qualified third and fifth. And right when racing rolled around, it was a just a completely different story for me. I had gotten caught up in just about every pileup there was, and I had switched around inside gate, you know, far outside gate. And for me, it was more or less just couldn't get it done where I had gotten caught up. But uh, I ended up being F in a moto and 250B. Uh, my bike had had some problems with our bikes, and then 450, we were running with inside the top 10 and. Uh, I had had a crash with another rider that had led to a DNS. So, and then college, we just came away with the seventh um, for the starts and all the issues we had had. I, I felt like I was riding well. It just couldn't couldn't put it together to make it consistent enough to get a, a better finish to where I belong. But um, you know, that's that's motocross for you. So you can't you can't win them all. But considering that everything that had went on, I was uh, I was a little bit bummed, but it is what it is, and that's why uh, you move on to the next weekend. So, Absolutely. So at these big events, uh, where does the intimidation factor come into play? Obviously, uh, you're there to do a job. You're there to d- do the best of your ability and come away with uh, top finishes. Um, but there, but everyone's there to do that. Everyone there is super fast. Um, uh, when you're walking the track and you know your competition is going to be there, where does that play into your mindset uh, as far as your preparation for it? And uh, how do you strike fear into the rest of the guys uh, sitting there in in your all-black riding gear? <laughs> yeah, I think it's uh, it's nice to pull up to uh, to staging and, and definitely know that your kid's looking better than anyone else's, that's for right. sure, especially in, in that fast house gear. So definitely consider the fact that uh, – in Texas, unless I was one of the only guys wearing it, so that alone is pretty cool. But no, it, motocross is so mental. It's just to me, it's like eighty percent mental. It's just you gotta be in that right state of mind, and and you know there's gonna be fast guys there. I mean, in Texas, uh, both weeks at Oak Hill and Freestone, there was just about ten to twelve dudes uh, in two fifty B and four fifty in, in college that you know, depending on where they started, you know, they could have won. And, you know, that that could be intimidating, but for me, I've always approached it with, you know, I have a job and I'm here and that's one of the reasons why I'm the guys here. You know, there's probably guys looking at, at me saying, hey, oh man, well, Willie's going to be in that class too. So uh, you just got to approach it, um, you know, humble and also with confidence. So you can't degrade any of those guys at all. But uh, as soon as that gate drops, you know, all those nerves go out and uh, just leave it all on the track. So that's kind of how I approach my mental game. I'm I'm sure there's there's other guys that have different techniques on how they approach certain things, but um, those will usually work for me. So that's all that matters. So uh, what's the the bike situation for you? You're on Yamahas, obviously, but uh, um, how, how many bikes are at your disposal? Who works on them week to week? And uh, do, do you have a practice bike, race bike uh, scenario, or is it uh, uh, one two fifty, one uh, four fifty, and uh, let's go racing? Right now, um, I have two. Two babies, and uh, I practice on one, and it's also the bike that I race the stock class in. And then I have a race bike that I rarely ever touch. So, but we have a 
I owe the, my bike situation all to Dwayne at Sea Valley Cycles. He's completely helped me out with, with dirt bikes and stuff like that. And um, I honestly feel that I wouldn't even be racing without him. So uh, I owe you know all that to him. And I have a mechanic as of the last three, four months. I got in with a guy that runs a local shop down here in Moorpark right next door I'm at. And uh, he's been a big help, Jack Moore at MJR. So uh, he's actually the one that took me to Texas. So can't thank him for taking me. Can't thank him enough for helping me go out there. So, but um, we also have a little bit of help from Yamaha, which is nice, which is as new as this year. So those guys have been great. Uh, Donnie Lutz down at Blue Crew. Um, can't thank those guys enough. So, but it's you know it's still tough. You, you have you have help and you, you do this and that, but um, it's tough to still you know get. There's the kids that have the the big rides and certain equipment. And you're trying to compete against them on on the stuff that you can get but you just make the best out of it so um like i said just want to thank Dwayne at semi cycles and, and jack and the guys at blue Creek yamaha oh, that's awesome and uh when if at the end of the day if your if your gear still looks better it does it like you it you, it's kind of you still have won the day really <laughs> yeah going back to the gear thing man it's uh it's cool you know it's I you always see those looks when you roll up like oh man like you know, and you know they're looking at the gear and stuff like that and I even had people come up to me in Texas asking me about it and, and stuff like that and as of now I mean Fast House is is growing tremendously in Southern California and everywhere really I mean they they got a Australian location and stuff like that so it's cool to watch the brand grow and um, I to me I think the stuff looks better than anything out there at the moment it's um, it's just simple and, um, it's definitely, like you said, when you roll up and you know that you got some good looking stuff on, it's definitely a little conference booster for sure. <laughs> no doubt. Smiling ear to ear, looking at like, everyone's looking at my kit right now. Like, <laughs> I look so sick. I can't oh, even yeah. drink beer, but I have 805 on me right now. <laughs> oh yeah. I even, I even have dads and, and other mechanics that they come up to me and, they're all, man, don't tell me you're sponsored by 805 Beer. Like, you're, you're kidding me. I, I got to get the hookup on this. Uh, it, it's pretty funny. It's uh, it's funny, man. No, no no, idea what it tastes like, right? But you, you, you back that company. <laughs> uh, I don't know. But, uh, my dad, he gets stoked <laughs> on the whole 805 thing, but I can't say I can. So too young for that, but uh, maybe one day. Maybe in a couple of years, only in the off season, of course. But uh, we're gonna throw it to commercials super quick here on the Big MX Radio podcast. Go when we come back, we're gonna talk a little bit more to uh, to Willie about uh, upcoming events, as well as uh, I guess we'll just continue to keep talking about that fast house stuff. We'll be right back on the Big MX Radio podcast show. Hey everybody, this is Jimmy Button, former factory Supercross rider. You're listening to the Big MX Radio show. We're gonna take it to a commercial, and we'll be right back. If there's one item to be picky about, it's choosing the right helmet. I'm Andrew Short, and I choose the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. You too can wear the exact same helmet I wear, Trey Kennard wears, Jimmy Albertson wears, and many others. The F2 Carbon is a helmet loaded with details that make a huge difference in comfort and safety. Lightweight materials, phenomenal airflow, and a super comfortable, sweat-absorbing liner, and generous eye port design to accommodate any goggle choice are just a few. And did I mention how super trick these helmets look? Straight off the shelf and onto the racetrack. If you are looking for one amazing helmet, look no further than the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. For more information about Fly Helmets and other products from Fly Racing, visit them on the web at flyracing.com. 
What's wrong, Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well, you better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with oats and bran. Oats and bran? I didn't think there was such a thing. That's what I used to think. Now, I start out every morning with a bowl of Amigos. For extreme kids like us. That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey, kids, start out every morning with a fat bowl. When it comes to helmets, there is just one. The helmet brand, that is. Just One Helmets is tailor-made for motocross and street bike riding, and now available in North America. Who chooses Just One? Well, for starters, Tim Geiser, winner of the Italian round in MX2, David Philipparts, Vicky Golden, Trevor Reese, as well as David Pulley. And you know what? So do I. I choose Just One Helmets because they're simply the safest, lightest, and most comfortable lid available. Want to know more about Just One Helmets? Check them out on the web at www.justonehelmets.com. Find out about the J12, the J32, and all of the colorways that are absolutely blow your socks off. So guys, please head over to www.justonehelmets.com today. Go check them out. You won't be disappointed. Two thousand and fourteen X Brand Goggles is back and better than ever. From the Scatter X, Volcano, and Phantom Goggle, X Brand has the product to make you stand out on race day. The quality of X Brand products is second to none. Great lenses, incredible frame, and a strap that doesn't wear out. Great tear-offs, zip-off systems, nose guard, and more. Check out eksbrand.com for all of the accessories and pricing. WUSA is your one-stop shop for quality wheel sets in America. All of the best components built for the toughest conditions. Hit up WUSA.com, that's D-U-B-Y-A-U-S-A.com right now, and check out the custom wheel builder selection. Pick your rims, pick your hubs, pick your spokes, even pick your nipples, and see what it's going to look like on your bike. On the website, you'll drool over components like XL and DID rims, Talon and Kite aluminum hubs, Galfer and Brembo brakes, and spokes that take a licking and keep on ticking. The same wheels that you buy are built by the same guys we're building wheels for. Ryan Dungey, Jeremy Martin, Chad Reed, and the entire Geico Honda team. And I kid you not, if they are not told whose wheels are whose, they just build amazing product. And I want you guys in a set of W wheels. So do what I did and head to WBYAUSA.com today. WUSA, all things wheels.
What's up, guys? It's time to talk a little bit about Roy Borden Race. He's the performance specialist. Suspension, making a motor work, balancing a bike, or just maintenance. He's got the tools and know-how to make sure that your bike is ready on race day or practice. Roy Borden has strength in years of experience and the best technology and best tools at his disposal. Whether you're getting your forks redone, seals, or a full, full-blown full rebuild on your forks or, or shock. Call up Roy Borton today at 204-633-2722. Bill's Pipes, the home of legendary performance. Since 1974, Bill's Pipes has been providing motocross and off-road riders the performance they need. Two-stroke or four-stroke, Bill's Pipes has the exhaust system for you. In recent years, we've seen a resurgence of the Bill's Pipes brand, and that's great news. And that's great news for motocross racers everywhere. For four-strokes, Bill's Pipes brings the RE13 to dominate the fight on any brand. For you two-stroke guys, the MX2 Bill's Pipes exhaust system is the right one for the job and comes in works, nickel, and the all-new cone look finish that'll turn heads all day long. Head to BillsPipes.com right now and get the same pipe used by Billy Lidinovich, Vicky Golden, the JMR Suzuki team, Jesse Pierce, Nico Izzy, and David Cole. Bill's Pipes is craftsmanship at its finest. So go with Bill's Pipes and never settle. Hey, this is Alex Ray. I don't know if, why you're listening to Brad's podcast, but I'll be back on soon. And we're back. Big MX Radio Podcast Show still on the line with Willie Simons Jr. Uh, Willie, what's next for you? I know that uh, you're obviously uh, getting ready for more more nationals, more big amateur events. But uh, this weekend, um, i got to ask whether or not you're going to be uh, switching the four-strokes to two-strokes for the big event at uh, the two-stroke national at, uh, at Glen Helen. Cool event to be at. I hope if you're not on the line, you'll at least be in the stands. Yeah, yeah, the the MTA two-stroke championships definitely a, a cool event, and I've never raced it before myself, but um, actually just got a call from Kenny Alexander to yes. race uh, a TM through uh, Manny Gasper, so um, as of right now, it looks like I will be on the line, so pretty excited about that. Um, it's gonna, it should be a good event. I mean, you cannot love it more. The sound, uh, the smell, it's just everyone's out there having fun on two-strokes and, and just loving life, so... Looking forward to that event. Um, but other than that, we have some more Loretta stuff coming up, uh, area qualifiers, and then obviously regionals, um, Mammoth, California Classic, and then there's obviously the, the up north nationals, Dodge, and stuff like that. But um, no, nothing so too, when, when too crazy. But like Texas out in Looking to have some fun and go tear up some more tracks. Uh, when he's not uh, um, getting ready for his next event, what is it that you do that uh, make makes your heart go the same way uh, motocross does? If anything, <laughs> is it uh, snowboarding? Is it music? Is it uh, women? What is it? Combination of all three. Of course, we ask the tough questions here at Big MX Radio. Oh man, kind of kind of put 
kind of putting me on the spot here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> when I'm not riding, um, let's see here. I, I'm definitely, uh, I took advantage in the wintertime. I uh, went snowboarding a bunch. Um, other than that, I mean, summertime, we go to the lake, have a good time, go wakeboarding on our boat. Um, other than that, really just hanging out with friends and, and just trying to equal out being a teenager and an athlete, I guess, at the same time. But uh, you could definitely catch me doing probably something bad and having fun. But <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's good, times, good have fun people. hanging Kelsey's, out. That's awesome, man. Good I like music, that. good times, um, good people. So Well, it's, it's, it's great to see a guy like <laughs> yourself yeah, who uh, loves the sport, passionate about it, seemingly uh, having fun doing it and, and being successful. Uh, where do you want to take this going forward? Is the ultimate goal to uh, eventually be lining up for a 250F uh, Supercross uh, main event? That's, that's been, that's been the big picture. It's, uh, you know, I can't say that if I wasn't doing the training and, and having the, the people around me now that that wouldn't be the big picture. So, um, definitely that's, that's been a huge goal of mine is to make it up to, to that level. And, and even to just make it to that level would be an accomplishment right there. I mean, for me, it's, it's always been a dream to go to a one and, you know, park underneath that tunnel and, and have those nerves kind of excite me a little bit right before I go out for the first practice, obviously. So I'd say that's definitely a goal. I'm going to do arena cross next year, the Ricky Carmichael program road to supercross to get my supercross license. And uh, hopefully those go smooth. I, I haven't had a ton of time on the supercross track, but um, I've definitely been on a few. So definitely going to get my feet wet on those. And hopefully the, the RCX program goes smoothly next year and I can, transfer right out into supercross and maybe do a few outdoor nationals it it really just depends on how i finish out my amateur career so um i got great people around me right now and i'm super thankful for that um you just never know i i don't know what doors are going to open then so hopefully uh, I, I can I, finish I out strong you've, uh, you've looked you never to know see one day that number's going to be available for you or at would, least uh, uh, flip somebody 20 mind, bucks so. at the AMA to make sure that that's available for you next year because uh, um, for you to run any other number would uh, be blasphemy yeah maybe uh, oh, I promise so. us I that a year to, uh, in exchange for, uh, for that digit AMA for at least, uh, at least one year. And something. then uh, you might have to drop uh, either. <laughs> uh, you have to have a drop, drop a number off of that at some point. Yeah. Yeah, well, I actually was. I used to be 46 and then uh, decided to make it a three-digit number. There's something about the three-digit number I, I thought looked better, but at that level yeah. in AMA, if you have a three-digit number, I mean, it's direct, you're mostly probably just that, private that tier third guy. That third digit's actually the heaviest digit, Or right? you didn't score enough points, so maybe the to drop a digit off that number would, uh, that's, that would that's be more exciting. That's what actually separates the, <laughs> the top guys from <laughs> uh, have, the back. Might want to drop it to 46. What's that? <laughs> Yeah, no. yeah, but then you never know. There's always the, the three-digit guys that they might come Who out. Who are some of the uh, uh, the guys at the pro level now that uh, you're able to chase around at the but, local uh, uh, California yeah, it's, tracks? it's definitely a goal that, to have a national number, that's for sure.
uh, Southern California, just about everyone you could possibly imagine. Um, all the guys on Pro Circuit, uh, we see week to week. Uh, the Geico Honda team, uh, almost every privateer that's on this coast, at least. But um, And then, of course, you get the guys that come out to California to do testing, uh, the bigger names, James Stewart, um, you know, sometimes Chad Reed, just really everyone really in the, the 250 class, you know, it's Justin Hill, Chris Aldridge. Um, and for us, I, that's a huge, you know, it's cool to have those guys down at the Glen Helen on Thursday and Milestone on Wednesdays to see kind of what they're doing. And, and it's cool to watch them work with their teams. Those guys work hard. So, so what are uh, the, uh, the usual suspects as far as your practice schedule? Maybe try and hold them up uh, where are you heading out to uh, different, cool, um, so. different tracks? Or what are some of your favorite places to spin laps at? Uh, it varies uh, week to week, just seeing where uh, some of the guys that I train with are going or are going to go. So it varies, but uh, you could usually find me uh, hitting Comp Edge on Tuesdays, and I really like to hit Zaka Station. Yeah. I'd say Zaka Station is probably one of my favorite tracks down here. It's uh, just a lot different than all the tracks down here. You know, it's funny, you hear the kids back east, they, they say, oh, California tracks are, are so good, but <laughs> they're really not. I mean, they don't get ruts. They're, Blue group, but Zaka Station really eliminates that uh, that whole thing. I mean, it gets ruts, good dirt. Um, the scenery is just unreal. Um, but yeah, I really dig Zaka. I'm always at Glen Helen on Thursdays. I practically, some people say I live there, but I uh, really like Glen Helen, so it's been around forever. But um, yeah, it's it varies really just depending on who I'm training with and who I'm riding with that week. It, um, we try to hit it all, really. I mean, no matter go. where we're well, at, we try to uh, I definitely that connect way. with that, uh, get the every different element that I we love riding down there. I've gone down there two or three times. Uh, dro drove the 36 hours from where I live to, to go do that. And uh, amazing places to ride when up here it's minus 30 degrees Celsius, which is uh, actually minus 30 degrees Fahrenheit as well, uh, Just which to me to you just means super cold. Um I find in California, you don't ride in the soil as much as you ride on top of the soil, if you if, if you kind of follow me. But in at places <laughs> like more out west, you are out east, that you're into the soil a little bit more. You're able to uh, kind of dig down deep and get into those ruts and stuff. Am I uh, in, the, in the right direction? Oh, 100%. It's... It's funny, like I said, you, you hear the kids that are, you know, in Texas and Florida and Georgia, they, you know, they see Glen Helen and they're, oh, it's Glen Helen. And they, you know, they're like, oh, the tracks are so much better out there. But really, I mean, we don't get to, I can't even believe the guys test with teams out here for outdoors because you see the tracks out here. There's there's no ruts. It's blue groove. I mean, they get rough, but it's, it's nothing like the outdoor nationals. And uh, it blows my mind that the guys will even get a setting on their suspension and regardless of whatever chassis adjustments they're doing out here, and then they go race on tracks that are completely rutted up the faces, uh, huge braking bumps. But um, the tracks down here are nothing like they are, obviously, back east. And I'm like, you, you pretty much nailed it on the head. I mean, right when I got to Texas, uh, it was my second time going. Uh, the tracks are just – I remember the first year I went, I had gotten arm pump just doing a few laps because I was not used to all the traction that I was getting. But – um, I think California is definitely at a disadvantage for training for tracks like Loretta's and, 
and all that stuff just because we don't get the ruts that, that they sure, do. Sure, you can so ride uh, it's 365, it's definitely more I fun to ride six solid like months of, uh, of running time. It's definitely easier uh, to ride down but, here. Uh, hopefully be sure. able to uh, come, come down south permanently. But uh, uh, if I do come back to Comp Edge, I'm going to have to try and be a little bit more successful if I, than I was last time. Uh, one story from, from my personal riding experience over there. You're, you're familiar with the, uh, I guess you'd call it a quad up over top of the hill by the uh, uh, the announcing tower. So um, imagine yourself, uh, or imagine me, uh, 2013 into 14. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 13 into 14. Um, third lap, come up to that thing, Kawasaki 252-stroke, 05, beautiful bike. Uh, I figure I'm going to like just try to like triple on, on just onto the, the plateau and then down the, the, the backside. Totally loop out on the takeoff, like third gear wide open, let go of the bike midair, land my butt right on the square edge of the, like where you'd go down to quad, like up over all the way over top, <laughs> do a complete front flip, land on my hands and knees, bike goes cartwheeling down the, on the landing, uh, compress a few, uh, a few, uh, vertebrae, still able to walk away the, the bike. I don't know how it got back to, to the truck, but it did. Um, and, uh, yeah, that was my second day of the whole trip uh, down to California, 17 days, and uh, I limped around the rest of the trip. It was no fun. Bone stock, my friend. Uh, Bone back stock. To that story, uh, honestly, I'm going to have to ask you, you who's doing your motor on that rider, but uh, The 2005 KX250 listed as uh it was uh, like there's an article where he said it was the most unreasonable unmanageable power band of a, of a, a, a production uh, motorcycle up to that point uh the thing was an absolute handful and uh she got away on me so uh yeah um just i oh they'll get you and you'll be you'll, you'll be back in the saddle for that this weekend Willie, it's a pleasure of mine to they'll have you on the you. show to uh, check your bikes <laughs> and uh, all things. Uh, two questions. Uh, last question I have for you before I let you run down your sponsors is: is when you end up in the top ten in the four hundred and fifty class for Supercross, uh, what song are you going to come out to? Oh man. I'm not sure. There there could be a few. Uh, man, could be uh, maybe maybe some Black Sabbath and keep it old school with the rock. Party I don't in know. The maybe USA. go to new school. You never know. Or maybe even just like blow people's minds and, and come out to like a Miley Cyrus song or something. You just never know. But you got to keep it interesting. <laughs> there you go. That's a good one. There you go. Uh, I don't know. I got to make it to that to that uh, that step first. Oh yeah, you know it. I'll, I'll, I can tell you one thing though: if uh, uh, you ever we'll, catch yourself uh, out in California, you better be giving me a call. Um, so Willie, it's been a pleasure. Run down in. those sponsors for us, and uh, then I'll let you go. Yeah, just really want to thank Dwayne. Like I said, at Simi Valley Cycles, all the guys at Yamaha Blue Crew, uh, the whole Fast House Moto Crew. Those guys are like family. Uh, 60 helmets, X-Frame goggles, Garnet boots, Mica Metals, GT1, uh, Jack Moore, my mechanic, uh, what else here? Uh, my mom and dad, 
um, and just all awesome, the other, man. All well, the other uh, don't hang up just yet. Podcast, Thank you, guys. We'll cut it off right there. Um, it's been a great ride. I'm looking forward to uh, adding more to it. Thank you for listening to the Big MX Podcast, brought to you by X-Brand Goggles. Be cool, sure man. to check Thank out our you, archive and, uh, have for a good rest episodes of day. you may have missed. Check out our website at BigMXRadio.com. More content. Brought to you by X-Brand Goggles. Be sure to check out our archive for episodes you may have missed. Check out our website at BigMXRadio.com for more content.